What's going on, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement that will one day come and bring along with it a true proletarian revolution. But as we wait for that glorious day to come, let us not sit still, let us not lay idle, but let us build, let us organize, and especially today, let us defend the revolutions that have come throughout history by the people, for the people, such as the Cuban Revolution, which today is yet again under attack by the U.S. state propaganda machine, as well as by uh, uh, admission and a lack of action by the United Nations, also by the other international courts and tribunals which know exactly the history behind the U.S. and the CIA Uh, and their history of regime change all across the world. These are all criminals which must be indicted, but unfortunately, up until this point, we do not have a criminal court that can charge them. For those of you who do not know, the United States has not signed any international tribunal which beholds them to any international court. In the cases where they should, be beholden to that court, they have time and time again been able to just plainly deny the subpoenas and the questioning and just not have to go to, for example, The Hague, which is a famous international court which most war criminals from Spain, from England, from Italy, from France, from all over the world have to go and be tried at. And yet, as we know, The history of the United States is one of the most brutal and one of the most uh, inhumane. And yet, of the war criminals that the U.S. has produced, there have been almost none that have faced any sort of responsibility for their actions. Now, I am an abolitionist, so I don't particularly believe that any of these uh, folks need to be thrown behind bars. But just like Kyle Rittenhouse and the folks who killed Ahmed Arbery, I believe that they should be dead. I'm not saying how. I'm not saying someone should do it. I'm saying I believe that each and every one of these criminals, these monsters, ought to be six feet underground. And if it were to happen, you wouldn't see me nor probably millions across the world blubbering away like Kyle Rittenhouse is doing. Um, So just know, folks, that as it stands right now, there is not uh, an oppositional force or a threat by which these criminals have to fear. So until that day comes, they are going to continue doing what it is that they are doing. This is plainly simple. Now, I do have to clarify here that this show does not advocate for violence because that is illegal. However, in a hypothetical sense, there is always a historical necessity for the oppressed peoples of the world to use violence by any means necessary in order to achieve their liberation. France Fanon, among many other incredibly uh, intelligent and experienced uh, 
activists and national liberation fighters uh, have proven clearly and historically that this is the case. So speaking purely theoretically and uh, satirically here, violence is the necessary tool for the people of oppressed and exploited backgrounds to free themselves. The state uses violence every single day. Look at, let us not forget, Derek Chauvin. But Derek Chauvin was an individual, an individual whose actions were, of course, caught on tape, put on just about every social media platform across the world. There were millions across the United States and millions more across the world who went out and demonstrated, who participated in signing petitions, in calling for criminal charges, and also working towards opening the uh, Breonna Taylor case, uh, the Elijah McClain case, and many others, um, to which uh, many of these efforts have not been as fruitful and as successful as we would have wanted. But it took all of that to just put Derek Chauvin himself away behind bars. It took all that effort to convict, which I don't even think, I don't even think the Breonna Taylor case has fully come to uh, a point where they've actually imprisoned these people. I believe they're still waiting to be. I, I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to check up on that because I, I. I guess I can't really speak on that, but. <clears throat> It took all of this to just reopen Elijah McClain's case. Now, I'm not trying to say that these efforts are in vain. But what I am trying to say is Kwame Ture spoke clearly that black folks and oppressed people, but especially in the context which he spoke, black folks in the United States are the only people who have had to shed blood just for reforms. People across the United States are watching as their family, their friends, their school teachers, their, you know, next door neighbors, their grocery store clerks, their, uh, you know, co-workers are being killed by police, being killed by white supremacists like Kyle Rittenhouse, being killed by the state through a complete and utter uh, disconcern, a complete and utter lack of interest in locking the country down, providing proper health care and medical procedures to tackle the COVID pandemic, providing ample uh, economic and uh, other means of aid for people to take off of work, for people to take off to take care of their kids, for children to be able to go to school in a safe environment, for teachers and other uh, you know, school faculty to be able to make a living during this time, for everyone who is in this pandemic in the United States to actually be happy, safe, and secure. None of this has been done. The state also murders people on a day-to-day basis by not allowing for human beings to have food in their stomach, houses and shelter over their head, clothing on their back, health care and health care facilities readily available to them at no cost. They also do a great job at consistently not only just killing people physically, but also killing people as an idea. 
by completely rewriting the history of the United States, completely disregarding the extermination and the genocide of indigenous peoples, of black, brown, Chicano, Latinx, Asian, and other immigrants within uh, this country uh, by killing... uh, And I I guess I shouldn't actually, let me correct myself there, I shouldn't include black folks in in the the field of immigrants, but also even, you know, if we're going to correct that, let's correct the fact that these are not immigrants, right? I think the way that we frame that and, and even, you know, you hear it coming out of my own mouth, the way that we're taught and made to think about these human beings is that an action which they were forced to take against their will oftentimes because of economic, social, or political issues which the United States government has caused. And then they are forced to go to this country to try to find a job, to try to find uh, a living. And we call them immigrants. No, these are human beings under duress. These are human beings who are facing oppression and exploitation like very few of us born in this country will ever understand. No matter how many books we read, no matter how many podcasts and YouTube channels we listen to. And so we must take that upon ourselves as a responsibility to advocate for, organize with, learn about, and fight side by side with all people from all walks of life who are oppressed and exploited today. The U.S. government, what we now know as, uh, you know, what we would call the state, for those of you who have been listening to the show for a while, uh, includes also the police department. It includes also the rest of the rewriting of the education, such as the historical uh, analysis of slavery, of Jim Crow, of segregation, of uh, citizenship laws, of the quota acts, of blood laws and anti-interracial marriages, anti-miscegenation laws in this country. All of this history needs complete and utter rewriting by those with the facts. We do not need opinions in history because without even intending to, material will reflect the bias of those who write it. One example in a book that I would like to recommend just also to tip us off to an episode that's coming up soon, hopefully, I have been reading a book called Hitler's American Model by James Q. Whitman, and I have noticed in this book that Whitman, for all his incredible historical analysis, does seem to really, really, really want to make sure that you know that he's not angry at the U.S. and he's not angry at, it almost even seems like at some of the Nazis uh, who fought, you know, some of the more radical and, you know, racist portions of the National Social He's even somewhat apologist to, like, the the lawyers and the more in intellectual side of the Nazi party for fighting back against, like, outright slaughter and just outright international law that would say that, like, it would basically show their trump card 
right? Because some of the lawyers, they just wanted to pretend like they weren't out here massacring people. But anyways, bias comes through whether you mean it to or not. So uh, we need folks writing these histories with the facts because if we're writing with the facts, then the bias will be that we are searching for the truth. So I bring all of this up to say... That today, on November 15th, 2021, the Cuban revolutionary government is opening up its borders to travel, to tourism, to family, to come back finally now that their vaccination rates are uh, some of the highest in the country, their uh, uh, positive cases and their death rates are some of the lowest in the world, um... And uh, all across the U.S., but especially, of course, as we know, down in the the home state of the Guzanos in Miami, um, you have calls for uh, a coup of sorts. And now we got to do a little explaining on this, but just real quick, you remember a few weeks ago when there was the supposed protesting in Cuba. Well, there is an episode of The Empire Files, which would interest you, called, um, let me sneak on over, CIA Stories, The Cuban Who Conned the CIA. It's about these two folks who were double agents for the um, Cuban government who joined the CIA's plot to overthrow the Cuban government in the mid-2000s in order to uh, report back to the Cuban government. So there uh, was a plot that from 2014 over the next 15 years to create a situation of what the CIA called ungovernability within Cuba. So they plan to cause uh, mass um, uh, distrust of the government. They intended to cause uh, property damage, physical damage to people. Uh, They uh, plan to continuously give money to counter-revolutionary and uh, other groups such as terrorist groups within Cuba to blow up buildings, to hold mass protests, etc., and in doing so, they were uh, playing out what is a uh, already pre-existing uh, game plan in the playbook that we know as the CIA's regime change, which uh, Vijay Prashad has written about, William Bloom has written about in uh, some incredible works. So check out Washington Bullets, um, check out... Uh, William Bloom's books. I can't think... There's two of them, but I can't think of what their names are. And it's funny because me and a homie were literally talking about this last night. But anyways, so they planned on doing this for a sustained period of time when uh, uh, Comandante uh, Fidel uh, fell ill and uh, uh, unfortunately ended up leaving us. Um, They saw this as an opportunity to push their... Uh, efforts uh, ahead and intensify their program. So they had intended to have these two uh, double agents, one of them 
was supposed to uh, immolcate themselves, uh, immol, whatever. He was basically supposed to kill himself somehow, publicly, as like a, a decrying sign against the government. Uh, there's some folks who might know of the the person who can't remember where, but they lit themselves on fire in protest of the government. Basically something like that. And then this other agent who uh, was giving the, the discussion on that Empire Files uh, episode, um, he was supposed to go on national TV and call out the Cuban government for its quote-unquote authoritarian actions to demand U.S. financial and military uh, aid to overthrow the, uh, what he called the, uh, ridiculously repressive Cuban government. That was what he was supposed to say. That is what the CIA wanted him to say in order to have the opportunity to send in the Marines, right? Well, uh, the first person didn't kill himself, so then the plan didn't go through. But also, dude was a double agent, so there was a, a, you know, a plan to be had about what else to do. Uh, contingency plan, right? So basically, I say this to say that these protests are a part of a pre-existing counter-revolutionary measure by the U.S. State Department and the Central Intelligence Agency by which uh, no one has been held responsible, nobody has been thrown in prison, nobody has been killed, nobody has been, you know, taken off this face of the earth, nobody has faced any kind of repercussions. The United Nations is, you know, undoubtedly aware of this and the many other attempts by the United States to do the same across the world, and yet they do nothing. Again, the United States is not beholden to any international tribunal or court, so my friends, we in the U.S., we need to be doing more to demand that the U.S. empire take its hands off of the Cuban government, its people, and its revolution. This is terrorism. This is an attack. This is war. This is an attempt to murder, assassinate, um, imprison, exile, torture, criminalize, and overthrow democratically elected officials and human beings in a country which has put the United country which has put the United States in, you know, absolute disarray for almost 70 years, only 90 miles off the coast of fucking Florida. That's incredible. That is something that cannot be denied. And this is also a government which unlike the United States, has provided its people with free education up through college all the way to be a doctor. This is a country which has provided its people with housing, with health care, with food, right? This is a country which has dedicated itself to trying to break away from the global capitalist market by trying to develop food sovereign and also uh, sovereign health care practices not just simply because they really wanted to be independent and better than the world, but because the U.S. put sanctions and blockades on the government and on the people effectively, killed millions because of it over the course of 60 plus years, and therefore the Cuban government has been forced to do these things on their own. They have been forced 
to take the actions that they have. Because you got to figure a small island country, again, 90 miles off of the coast of Florida, has yet to be overthrown. Now, for everything that you want to say about their participation in markets, uh, Fidel's uh, past of homophobia, um, the government's past of some racism, some transphobia. Um, if you are on this show talking about the fact that they don't have, uh, you know, the same kind of open and free elections that we have, that they're an authoritarian dictatorship, go fuck yourself. Because holy shit, do these countries like Cuba and Venezuela have far more elections than the United States would ever be willing to have. And you probably don't even fucking participate in any elections. Neither do I, but at the same time, shut the fuck up. So anyways, the United States empire is trying to overthrow Cuba. They're trying to do the same in Venezuela. And now Joe Biden and his administration have taken yet another look at Nicaragua, at the Ortiz uh, and Sandinista Revolutionary People's Government. Um, They have released a statement about the elections that happened in Nicaragua, calling them a sham. The United States is a sham. The United States Act is a sham because everybody knows the United States is the biggest fucking sham that this world has ever seen. It's a government and a country of racist, settler, colonial, uh, uh, patriarchal uh, murderers who came over to this country from a country that didn't want them, that they weren't willing to participate civilly within the society and equally amongst uh, one another. And so they came to this country, they murdered millions, they imprisoned more, they exiled thousands and millions more. They have destroyed the world by oppressing it militarily, economically, uh, they have destroyed the planet with pollution, with greenhouse gases, with all kinds of uh, water damage, with oil spills, with all kinds of uh, uh, things like car batteries and car frames and other waste that does not break down, that does not deteriorate over time. The United States is the murderer of the world. They are the largest organized terrorist group that the history of humankind has ever seen. And yet today they have the chops to stand up there and talk about the fact that the Cuban government needs to be overthrown because of their repressive acts against the people. The United States is a repressive force that has killed millions more than the Cuban government has ever even had the opportunity to kill. The United States has murdered billions across the world and they've been doing it for a hundred years and yet nobody is talking about the fact that the United States government needs to be facing consequences for its action. Nobody is talking about overthrowing the United States government because doing so would be an act of terrorism. It would be an act of war. And don't you know the CIA would be showing up at your door with a silencer ready to go in an instant, just like they are trying to do in Cuba, just like they are trying to do in Venezuela, just like they are trying to do in Ethiopia, just like they are trying to do all over the world in Syria, in Iran, in Afghanistan, all over the world in Africa. They are dis- they are destroying democratic and free and popular governments and have been doing so for over 70 years and yet no consequences are being had by them or their supporters in the United Nations. And yet what are we doing? 
we are seeing that those among the left cannot even agree on the nature of the Cuban government as a socialist one. We are constantly arguing about whether or not China is going after the Uyghurs when time and time again, the material evidence does not show any basis for genocidal actions. And yet the United States was just found guilty by the International Tribunal of Human Rights Abuses against black, brown, and indigenous people with over 100 pieces of evidence, with over 30 people giving testimonies, with over three days worth of witnesses' testimonies, they were found guilty of genocide by five different criterion. They're killing people in the public health sector. They're killing people through environmental racism. They're killing people by imprisoning political prisoners from a young age where all the way to their elderly age where they cannot have children, they cannot live with their communities, they cannot grow, and they cannot be treated like a human being. They are also mass incarcerating black, brown, and indigenous people across the board, whether politically or not. And fifth, they are murdering people. Kyle Rittenhouse is murdering people. Derek Chauvin is murdering people. The Chicago Police Department murdered Fred Hampton. And what are we doing? What are we doing in the United States? Fucking nothing. Go organize. Go organize. Go get in the streets. Go talk to your neighbors. The United States empire cannot be allowed to treat countries and people like the Cubans, like the Nicaraguans, like the Venezuelans, like the Syrians, like the Palestinians, like the Yemenis, like the Nepalese. They cannot be allowed to continue to do this for one more goddamn day. This is what is happening in the world, folks. This is what is true. This is the reality of this situation. The Cuban government is not an authoritarian dictatorship. The Venezuelan government is one of the most democratic institutions which the human historical mind has ever conceived. On, I believe, the 21st, There will be over 70,000 candidates vying for almost 30,000 positions across the country. Now, I personally look at that and my mind explodes. But if you want to tell me that the democratic basis of the Venezuelan government is questionable, you are, and listen to me here, an idiot. Because you actually probably have no fucking clue what you're talking about. And that doesn't make you an idiot because some people are just ignorant. What makes you an idiot is you open your big, dumb, stupid fucking mouth. So, excuse my yelling. Holy cow. I don't do that very often, but... (laughs) We have to understand, folks, that the United States government is an authoritarian dictatorship. It is an authoritarian dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. Meaning, the capitalist... The wealthy elites, the 1%, they're the, they own the Senate, the House of Representatives, the uh, Congress through lobbyists, through actually paying politicians, and thereby being able to rewrite, rewrite laws in their favor. At COP26, there were over 500 oil executives present. Jeff Bezos spoke. The world is burning. And these fascist 
dictators are the ones doing it. These 100 companies are destroying the planet. Their CEOs, their board of directors, their executives, their accounting department, their trade manager, their social media manager, every single one is guilty. If we can sit here today and agree that the Nazis were just inherently evil and every single one of them should have faced consequences, then we must understand and remember that the Nazis found their inspiration for their Nuremberg Laws and for the Prussian Memorandum in the United States. And it's not me saying it. It is countless articles, pamphlets, transcripts, interviews, documents, laws, legal jurisprudence, written, recorded, documented historically. There's this guy Krieger who helped write the Prussian Memorandum, which was like the Nazis' communist manifesto, basically, and was present, and whose texts were used as the jumping-off point for the justification saying that there was already legal precedent for what they were doing found in the United States, was Krieger's texts... He was there present during the, the, the meeting where the high Nazi officials wrote the Nuremberg Laws, which officially and in law criminalized um, being a non-Anglo-Saxon Volk German citizen and criminalized it by substantial punishment, hard labor, and death as we know. <laughs> In written form, there is evidence to say that the United States legal code was the basis and the precedent by which the Germans writ, wrote their own. Krieger, that guy who wrote that, that, the books, which he wrote a book called uh, Race Law in America. That was like the book that they were reading at the meeting. According to this book... Hitler's American model. He came over to Arkansas in 1933 to 1934. He took two semesters at the University of Arkansas Law School and he wrote extensively in the George Washington Law Review paper about the way in which the U.S. government did race law well. Go read it today go post on social media go talk to your friends about the fact that the cuban government is one of the most democratic and revolutionary governments that this world has ever seen and that when we here in the u.s support regime change when we uh echo cia propaganda when we allow ourselves to be uh confused and brainwashed and used by our ruling class cuban people die 
Venezuelan people die, Nicaraguan people die, and if it matters to you that much, American people die. American people died because of the lies that George uh, Clinton told. American people died because of the lies that Thomas Jefferson told. American people died. And let's remember who true American people are because America is not... uh, the white supremacist settler colonial state that we know. America is the land, North America. American indigenous black and brown people have been killed in this country, for this country, by this country, for lies time and time again, for white supremacy, for oppression, for capitalism, for imperialism. And they continue to do so today. The U.S. empire is the only uh, dictatorial and authoritarian state which you and I have the real life possibility of ridding this world and this uh, human uh, existence of. Because at the end of the day, we have our own bourgeoisie to deal with. We need to get organized and we need to recognize that the U.S. empire is an imperialist and terroristic dictatorial uh, empire. you're still listening to this thank you so much i hope that today you will spread the word that the u.s needs their hands off of cuba they need their hands off of venezuela and they need their hands off of nicaragua we will be doing two episodes coming up soon talking about nicaragua and venezuela and hopefully soon i will be able to do more episodes about other countries but for the time being please the person to learn about this from is my homie ramiro sebastian You can also check out Anti-Conquista. You can also check out others such as Revolutionary Left Radio, Guerrilla History, um, Give the People What They Want, People's Dispatch, um, among many others who are putting out the truth about these countries, about their democratic uh, systems, about their revolutionary governments, and about the ways in which the people are suffering in these countries, not the governments, because of the sanctions, which are criminal, because of the blockades, which are criminal, which are be, which uh, uh, because of the uh, arms sales to governments like Saudi Arabia, uh, like the to governments like Israel. Why that is criminal? Why is that that is murderous? And why we charge genocide? Because just like Paul Robeson, just like W. E. B. Du Bois just like all those to come before Jalil Muntakim and the International Tribunal of uh, Human Rights Abuses Against Black, Brown, and Indigenous People have said the United States is guilty of genocide and we must make them deal with their consequences. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay revolutionary. Until next time, long live the people of Cuba, long live the Cuban revolution, long live socialism, and long live the people's struggle. Peace out, folks.